Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Earthling Entertainment with your host, Joe Wakefield and Ryan Lang. I'm Joe. I'm Ryan. All right. That, can you imagine if we were just like really big bros? <laughs> like, like that's just like, like we just did the whole thing that way. <laughs> like, all right, guys. Today we got an excellent story. Righteous. So, first of all, <laughs> yeah. actually, now I kind of want to do that. I, I have um, I have an urge to do a character the entire time. No? We'll, make it, we'll make it a segment in the future. <laughs> we'll, we'll make it a segment. Yeah, like Jim Jim, because we stick with our segments. Yeah, fuck Jim Jim. <laughs> Dude, I'm glad he's gone. Yeah, well, it was... He frightened me. It was a segment that, let's say, didn't work. The robot voice, unfortunately, was just not fun to listen to. Well, he became sentient and wanted to kill me. Uh, That was the gimmick, yeah. Yeah, well, he's a son of a bitch. Uh, All right, guys. Well, today on Earthling Entertainment, we're going to do what we always do. So the first part of the show is a little bit of the spooky, a little bit of the creepy. Sometimes cryptozoology, sometimes hauntings, sometimes like, you know, mysterious things. And endless Star Wars and South Park references from me. Uh, well, that's just throughout the show. And then the other <laughs> half of the show is entertainment, whether that's entertainment news, celebrity deaths, maybe something cool happened. And it's usually, I will be honest, more on the nerd side of news. You're probably not going to hear too many things about like the new rom-com. Although, if it's got a weird casting or some kind of weird time travel hook, yeah, I'll talk about it. Joe, Joe's way more on top of this stuff than me. I, I'm just I'm just a fan. Joe is in the business of knowing this kind of stuff. Well, thank you, man. Then, uh, yeah. So that's the show, Earthling Entertainment. Uh, whether you are a new listener or a, you know, frequent listener, do us a favor. Download the episodes. Like, this is really important. If you want to help us defeat the almighty algorithm, then downloading the episodes is the best way to support the show. I'm not sure why. It used to be based on views. Maybe views had too many bots, you know? Too many people were paying uh, third world country rooms to like you know what is it the mind likes and views so for whatever reason downloads that is the new currency so please download the episodes especially you know and and that's easy to do is uh we're on audible and i know a lot of people love audible lately so uh yeah go ahead and find us on there as well if that's more convenient for you well you know what's funny audible is actually more of a pain in the butt to act to download because the huh. uh, it, it lets you stream it right but you have to go into the episode and go into the information and put like automatic downloads and switch it on and even then you have to do it to each episode really yeah they make it a real pain in the butt so if it's you Apple, actually have to go to each one yeah there's no like yeah it's a whole thing i'll give it to spotify they make it easy yeah an apple podcast yeah else. see i don't know anything about apple i know nothing of apple well, apparently we're on, like, everything. Like, anywhere where you can find a podcast, if you find Earthling Entertainment. It's kind of it's kind of nice. Yep, and we're on... We're uh, even on YouTube. I mean, that's that doesn't really connect to the whole, uh, you know, podcast network. That's more of just the... That would only benefit the individual YouTube, which is great. If you're on there, lot. check out Fuzz and Malloy, the well, show I made. Yes, Fuzz and Malloy's the shit. And, uh, <laughs> but no, what I was going to say is, is YouTube's kind of good for people who don't have a Spotify account or... Don't have, you know, I mean, who don't, you know, because it's like you can't watch individual stuff sometimes like you have to. It'll be like, oh, here's the radio and it'll like give give like things like similar. I don't know. I just weird. What's good about YouTube is uh, 
it's been around for a long time and there are just people who are set in their ways and believe it or not there are some people who are just like i'll i'll, I'll watch youtube but i'm not going to go to this to this podcast and site. still not pay for it that's me like i i still use youtube <laughs> i still don't pay for it there was a time when that was my whole playlist of music was youtube to mp3 websites i would just make a whole playlist on my phone you've heard it here ryan committing uh admitting to crime i, I didn't make the website they were all just provided for me it wasn't my fault all right well anyways we're gonna jump into our first topic here spooky stuff the loveland frogman you know just to stick with what yes. we do yes it's a tale that dates back to the 1950s. It's not that long. All the way back to the 1950s. Okay. Back then, men were men, and steaks were 15 cents, and you get a cigarette with every order. Mm-hmm. And don't Frog get, remembers. And if you don't get coffee, they drag you out in the street and beat you with a rubber hose, and that's how you became a man. And that's if you're lucky. <laughs> According to local legend, the Loveland Frog was an enormous frog-like creature that lived in Loveland, Ohio. Lovely Ohio. Yeah, he had a loft. <laughs> Measured approximately four feet tall and walked on two feet. The frog was first spotted in 1955 when a traveling salesman was driving through Loveland streets late at night and spotted three large, strange figures standing in the road before him. Each of the figures was approximately four foot in height, with strange leathery skin, and stranger still, frog faces. It could have just been a group of ugly people, I'm just <laughs> saying. Uh, no, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. the salesman made a quick <laughs> escape, and his reports made their way into local lore. As it would. I mean, you think about it. You go to a, you know, go with me here, Ryan. If I show up and you're a cop and I tell you, all right, you got to stay with me. There were three frogmen on the side of the road. Are you not going to write that down? Whether you believe them or not, that would be, there'd be a record of it. There would be a record of it somewhere. Right. right? And now here's the real question. Do you investigate or do like, I mean, because this is 1955. I don't think they have uh, breathalyzers then. So are you just like. All right, is this guy on crack? They didn't even have crack then. What would be the issue? <laughs> yeah, what would you think if a man was claiming he saw frogmen back in the 1950s? I guess just drunk, right? You'd just be like, man, this guy is, you know, hitting the hooch. Like, yeah, get out of here. You're talking crazy. <laughs> All right, Jim, frogmen, that's right. Last week it was panther, I don't know. I couldn't think of something funny. That La- sucks. Last week you were talking about pangolins and stuff. Pangolins? As if What's... it was going to start COVID-19. Right, what th- the heck's a COVID-19? Thanks. We never even heard of it. Hold on. Corona. <laughs> that sounds like something Mexican. I, heck, I don't want none of that in my country. All right. You know That's what? That's my best 1950s I could do. I, I, I thank you for trying to bail me out. I, I did my best, it. see? Yeah. Well done. Well done. All right. Now back to the frog, man. Back to, my, back, back to the frog, see? <laughs> I don't know why I became a, a Chicago gangster. Is that what that was? <laughs> in a little bit. I don't know. All right. Naturally, there are many. <laughs> Naturally, <laughs> there are Let's many jump back variations to the story, such as the creatures varying in height 
and being spotted in the shadow of a bridge. Most dramatically, in one version, a frog was seen holding a glowing wand above his head, which rained down a parabola of sparks. Okay, <laughs> I want to know that guy, the guy who reported that one. Expelliarmus. Yeah, he's like, all right, now these frogs are wizards. Stay with me. <laughs> Bombarda. Sorry, I've been playing Hogwarts Legacy. Yes, but uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you've been playing the Nintendo port, right? Yes, on the Switch. And honestly, it's great. Like, yeah, I think I have to wait a little bit more than most people. And yeah, the graphics are definitely not as good, but I still love it. Well, here's the thing. You know, I was telling you about their, uh, the, there's a mission where in Hogsmeade. You get your own shop, right? I haven't. I tried. It turns out it is a PlayStation exclusive. I had no Son idea. Son of a bitch. So I'm bragging about the best side quest in the game. And you just, you, it doesn't exist for you, Ryan. All right, exist. well, now I've got something else to add to the list of why it sucks a little more on the Switch. <laughs> but to guys like me, I don't got no gaming computer, that, so that's the best I got. That's... <laughs> all right, all right. I just thought we thought we would address that. And the Frogman's legacy lives on in modern days. The Frogman legacy. I'm the Frogman. Frogman legacy. In Ohio folklore, the Loveland frog allegedly spotted again in Loveland, Ohio. The beast was most famously seen in 1972 and quickly entered the public consciousness after the strange reports were backed up by a serving police officer. Yeah, I mean, you have to usually assume a cop's a good witness because... Credible. You hope that, uh, you know, a cop at least is a uh, not insane. Yes. Yeah, not not uh, horribly hallucination, crazy man. Although movies would have you believe that is not the case. Yep, 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 they would. According to the official police reports on the 3rd of March, 1972. 1972. Officer Ray Shocker, Ray Shockey was, that's a cool name, Ray Shockey was driving on patrol by the Little Miami River when a huge creature ran in front of his vehicle. Shockey claimed to have seen the creature clearly as it was fully illuminated by his headlights and described it as being three to four feet long with leathery skin and weighing between 50 to 75 kilograms, whatever the fuck that is. Oh, come on, man, don't say that. <laughs> the animal was crouched like a frog before standing upright and climbing over the guardrail, making its way back towards the riverbank. The fabled Loveland Frogman was allegedly spotted most recently in 2016. Yeah, I mean, that is pretty recent, right? That's less than 10 years. Sam Jacobs said he was playing Pokemon Go, and by the way, that's the year that uh, Pokemon Go came out was 2016. Okay, yeah. All right, hold on, hold on. I know they're going to address it, but can I just say first that he's playing a game where he looks through his phone and sees magical animal creatures. It, uh, I'm just saying. I, I see no relation there. <laughs> just, I see nothing. All right, guys. I, I am on acid, but I swear this was this was real. <laughs> he said it was in uh, mid-August. So that would have been, like, literally right after it started. Because, yeah, it started in, like, I think July. Why do you have so much information on Pokemon Go? Because it started right after my kid was born. 
Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So I've got, yeah, I've got like, I know exactly what it was. Yeah. That at least is a legit reason. I asked and you gave me an answer. So yeah. Well yep. done. Yeah. Yep. Touche. August of 2016, <laughs> near the congregation Beth Adams Synagogue on Loveland Madeira Road. Okay. Jacob said he had crossed train tracks to the banks of Lake Isabella when he spotted something strange. We saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. Yeah, because you have to specify, because like I said, that would be my first guess. Well, there's no there's no frogs in the first gen, and it would have only been first gen at that time, the first 151. I don't even I don't even think Mew is available actually. Pokemon. Gotta catch him True. Uh then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. I realized this sounds crazy, but I swear on my grandmother's grave this is the truth. <laughs> I don't know. I, I gotta know your grandma before. I'm just I can thinking it's like her. his grandmother's still alive watching the news like, yep, pug. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, you probably meant the other grandma. Jacobs claimed the frog stood about four feet tall, sending dark photos of the creature to support his claim. After the reported sighting in 2016, the second officer called a news station to report that he had shot and killed the same creature some weeks after the 1972 incident and had identified it as a large iguana that was missing its tail. All right, so to be clear, this is the second officer from the that, original yeah, report. Yes, no, no, yeah. So the original report was this was the first guy. This is a second guy who basically talked about the original report after the 2016 report. So get that straight, Internet. All right. <laughs> I know, dude. Yeah, that that threw you. I'm thank you because you could tell that threw me off a little bit. Just yeah. like yeah, like like. I hate it when books do that. Like, fuck this journalist. You're not an author. <laughs> well, to be fair, that Write is straight. To be fair, that is the series of events. Like, you know, the 2016 thing happened, and then this guy was like, you know what? In 1972, when that first guy said that thing, I fucking killed it. I shot it right in the face. Oh, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> yeah, I just been sitting on that for like <laughs> 40 years. I was just waiting for the right time. Sure. Uh, the local officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing the same strange frog creature close to Shockey's original sighting. However, Matthews' experience was a little less cryptid heavy and rather more, who left the tank open? Who left the tank open? Who? <laughs> who? What? What? Yeah, if you're not going to do the energy, then I'm not going to do the whole song, right? No, because I'm confused. Where, where, where do we go to? <laughs> who left the tank open? I don't All right, so I will just recap. This cop is saying that he shot and killed this creature. He's also saying that this creature is not a creature. It is a normal pet, as in who left the tank open. Oh, so, thank you. Thank yeah, you. So I was over here going, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so I was, I was still trying to wrap my mind around it. My bad. Fair enough. <laughs> now continue. I'm it tired. It all makes sense. Working the midnight shift does not affect your cognitive response whatsoever. Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, which is everyone, because why would you know, you're a creep? Anyways, uh, Ryan works midnight, so he's been up for so many hours. It sucks. At this point, <laughs> it would be like you doing a podcast at one in the morning. Like, later. 
Like it's crazy. Two in the morning. Like, dude, it, it it couldn't be any more inconvenient. But let's jump back into this frog story. Anyways, like I said, I appreciate y'all deal with me being like, oh. ah, yeah. So like I said, cop says he shot a different kind of animal, not a magical right. creature. Less cryptid, more iguana with a missing tail. Got exactly. it. Now. Totally got now, it. Now jump in. In true American style, the officer immediately shot the animal. It's coming right for us. It's coming right for us. Yes. South Park reference number one. And shot the that was animal. From 1997, right? Dude, <laughs> bro, that's season one, baby. According to Matthews, the creature was between three to three and a half uh, foot long and heavy to boot. It was no frog man, but a huge iguana that was missing its tail. The police officers speculated that the creature was a pet that had escaped or was released after it had grown too large for its owner to manage. Which totally makes sense. You always hear stories of people like, I had a pet alligator. That thing went crazy, so I had to let it go. Look at Florida. Pythons are now <laughs> like, they, they're an invasive species, and they're the number one predator now. Like, like Really? Oh, yeah. Look it up. Huh. Dude, Florida is so fucked up right now with with their with invasive species. And after all that trying to save the Everglades thing. Ugh. Oh, dude, it's screwed. Like, all the mammals of Florida are totally screwed. Like, like, don't have a pet in Florida. Oh, my God. That seems like such a fun, like, vegan band, the mammals of Florida. <laughs> I do like that, actually. Okay, all right, here, here, here's the best. Because that's deep. Right? But here's better. I always said if I ever did a vegan punk band. He always did say this. It would be a fistful of almonds. <laughs> I I mean, you've always said it. All right. Always said but, it. I, the, but the internet didn't know until now, Ryan. So you could have acted like it was a funnier thing. Way to support me. That's it. That's it. I am. I'm, I'm telling you. everybody that you're not full of shit. You I'm always voted you off the island. Good. You All know right. what? Fine. Here, I'll put out my torch by peeing on it. Well according, according to Matthews. He managed to show the dead iguana to Shaki, who confirmed that this was indeed the creature he had seen two weeks previously and was sadly not the frog beast he believed to have seen. Matthews has since attempted to Sounds have... Sounds like they got a visit from the men in black. They're like, they show up with it. This iguana is what you saw. Got it? Yeah, I can totally... Yeah. That's, yeah. You see this fucking iguana? That's what you saw. You did not see an iguana. You, you did not see a frog man. Saw an iguana and his tail fell off because you, your mother scared him. Like, <laughs> just saying. You want to keep breathing. Matthews has since attempted to have his original reports altered in subsequent books and articles on urban legends, but to no avail. However, reports of the frog man occur in cycles and with spats of sightings happening in clusters as the decades pass. Explaining the Loveland Frog, or trying to, given the several peculiarities of the 1955 Three Creatures account, it's not surprising that some authors have sought to identify the Loveland Frog as an alien rather than an unknown denizen of planet Earth. That's always the thing, right? They're like, okay, so if this creature is something that, you know, we haven't discovered, then it's got to be an alien. Because if we haven't discovered it, then that that's impossible. Like, 
You know, people believe that under the water, there's a bunch of animals we haven't discovered, but you tell them that there's Bigfoot or there's Nessie, they're like, oh, that's impossible. And it's kind of the same thing. So I do get why people would just be like, yeah, it's an alien. Well, uh, and you know, and you know where I sit that there's still like, there's still so many parts of the United States where it's like, if you were to get dropped off there, you're lost forever. Like you're, you're going to become a mountain man because you will never find civilization again. There are, well, there there's are, parts of the world like well, that. It, exactly. And I, but what I'm saying is just the part of the U S which is considerably smaller than the rest of the world. Like, like a lot of places of the world that I find to be vast and really uninhabited. Uh, well, you know what? Um, you're not wrong. There's a lot more. And, you know, have you ever seen a map of, like, the cave systems under the U.S.? And just, yeah. Uh, the Jordan Peele did that movie, Us, and said the, the weird doppelganger people came from those caves underneath the ground. Well, those network of caves are real. Like, that is a real thing. Oh, I always believe that if not there's, yeah, if not natural caves, at least there's, like, man-made ones for sure. Like, or giant mole rat. No, not mole rat. What you were talking about the other day is uh, the other week is the giant sloth. Well, yes. I, I wanted to tell you that I was watching a show. I think it was um, the unbelievable or whatever. It has Dan Aykroyd or the unexplained. It wasn't the unexplained. It was the great. I don't know. Look it up. Dan Aykroyd's doing a new show. The point is he talked about there was these caves near Brazil and it was by a construction site. And this dude drove by and was like, oh, that's a weird cave. I'm going to check it out. And he goes and checks it out. And it, the cave is, per, you know, it's round, and he knows, because I think he was a geologist, that, like, water wouldn't erode the cave in that way. And they came to the conclusion, because of the scratch marks, that these were the dens of giant sloths. God damn, that's awesome. Yeah, so they found actual giant sloth dens just, like, near Brazil. Well, they were definitely, they definitely were a thing. I'm still on the fence. Like, I still believe that there could be some in, like, the deep Amazon or whatever. But that supports the giant frogs being actual Earth creatures and not aliens. So it's, I don't know. I get why some people would say they were aliens is kind of the whole thing, though. That's That was the point I was bringing up is I like the idea of there being more mystery on this planet, but... I will say that uh, I also want proof of aliens, so, you know. No, definitely. I agree. And, I mean, how awesome would it be to figure out that there is uh, some kind of frog species, like, you know, because their bones would probably wouldn't fossilize very well. How often do we see amphibian bones? You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, who knows? I don't know, man. I think that I think that might be a case of amphibians are usually much smaller creatures. But I think we found their bones just as much as any other bones. But I know what you're saying because, uh, like sharks, they yeah. don't actually have bones; they have cartilage, so right. that, that that rots away. We get the teeth. But not like very rarely do you get the bones. So it de- so it depends on like where this frog creature is in the evolution evolutionary scale. Like, is it closer to a water creature? Is it closer to the middle? Is it closer like are these bones cartilage or actual bone? So yeah, yeah, and who knows? Yeah, who knows what the fuck they were made out of? You know, it- or are made out of because these frog creatures are real. 2016 Pokemon Go player believes. These frog creatures are real. Continue the story, Ryan. As a 2024 Pokemon Go player that still hasn't gotten to level 40, I believe him. I believe him, too. Assuming that Loveland Frog accounts represent actual observations, an explanation mooted by some authors is that they could be confused descriptions of escaped pediguanas or monitor lizards. Uh, this is hard to accept, 
given the bipedal postures that witnesses reported. Bipedal as in standing up with two legs and, you know, have like us, like bipedal. Uh, plus, the descriptions don't recall big lizards at all. At a stretch, we might consider that big lizards in fleeting bipedal or erect standing poses were witnessed. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, me too. You know, even goats can stand up on their hind legs and just walk around. It's weird, but it happens. But I saw that when I was in Mexico. Like, like th- this lizard, like, like looked like it picked up its skirt and ran. Like, <laughs> like the way it was hilarious. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, but Animal substantial... planet. <laughs> right. uh, substantial embellishment and confusion resulting in substantially modified descriptive accounts, but the cold temperatures pre- present during present during some of the sightings also count against this idea. Yeah, but lizards are cold-blooded, right? So amphibians, yes. it's not so much of a big deal, right? But lizards, they it's exactly. probably not a lizard guy because, you know, he freezes ass off. Z- yeah, zero energy. Speaking of ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, coming right up. Yeah, perhaps some might suppose these fleeting glimpses of big escaped lizards were inadvertently or deliberately combined in the minds of the witnesses with their prior knowledge about the big frog monsters already said to inhibit the Miami River region. Yeah, so basically because of the old story. Because you know it. Well, there's so many stories where it's like, if you live in a place where everyone talks about Bigfoot being in the woods, and you go in the woods and there's some weird encounter where neighbor, just your neighbor is walking through the woods and you think you're going to jump to it being Bigfoot. That's what they're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, because because you know of it, it's more likely that that's what you see what you're looking for, what you think you're seeing. Kind of. Which is why it's really hard, because it's like, I want to believe every witness of every paranormal thing. But it's like, it, it's some of it's just like, fuck, I don't know. Did you want, you, you were looking for Bigfoot, so like, how can I believe that you found, ah. I agree. It's like, but... it's like you believe the guy who's like, I've never looked for Bigfoot in my life, and that shit happened. That guy, I believe. On a total side note, just because you brought up Bigfoot, there was like that documentary that everyone's like "Ooh, you gotta really see this like this finding bigfoot it was like this big documentary and it literally was like a documentary more about people the people who are obsessed with bigfoot and how kind of messed up they are like it was like purposefully almost was like yeah this guy ruined his life like looking for all right, Bigfoot. all right so while i do think that might be kind of like fucked up to ask people to do interviews and say you're doing a bigfoot documentary and really make it about them and their personal lives that is screwed up as a filmmaker that is definitely a more compelling story of the guy who like lost all his money and his kids and his it's wife. what it was yeah that uh that arguably as a filmmaker is a better plan but as a cryptozoologist enthusiast that is horrible. <laughs> that well, is horrible. It, it's like when the government just completely fed that one dude all the false information about UFOs, and then he went crazy and killed himself. It, it's rough. Well, and, and to the guy's credit, he swear that what changed his life. The, I'll come right back to the frog story. I just want to finish on Bigfoot real quick on this documentary because I did watch it for like I think I almost finished it. I had to turn it off because I felt sad. I'll be honest. But to be fair, is like the guy. He swears he saw something. He had a normal life. Then he swears he saw something. Changed him forever. Well, I mean, so, some experiences do. Like, so I, maybe he did. There, well, there, maybe he did. There are, like, some people who 
just completely change their life and like jump into a religion because they have religious experience. And so what's the difference between this guy who just dedicates his life to finding this creature because he saw a creature? Why is that less crazy or excuse me, why is that more crazy than someone saying they saw an angel? You know what I mean? And, and it, it was just, it became an obsession. But I mean, hey, we, we hear on this podcast, and I'm sure anybody who listens understands obsession when it comes to these topics. Ba, 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 ba. Let me jump back in. Uh, such stories go back to the 1950s and at, la- at least, at, at, sorry, to the 1950s. Yeah, yeah, fine. At- Take a breath because you're doing some weird pause thing. I don't know what happened. All right. Such stories go back to the 1950s at least, and it should be noted that a similar-sounding entity, the Lizard Man, was reported during the 1970s from South Carolina, New Jersey, and Kentucky. Yeah. So the region has uh, reports of these kind of animals, right? Right. That's the next thing. So anyway. Uh, In other words, there seems to be lore in the region about such creatures. Exactly. Which might mean that any fleetingly glimpsed unidentified... Fleetingly glimpsed, so something really quick. (laughs) Hard hard for me to not make a Pink Floyd reference there. Unidentified (laughs) weird animal could morph into a monster of this sort in the memories of witnesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. While the Frogman has been largely debunked, he continues to appear in publications of local folklore and was even the subject of a 2014 fringe musical titled Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. Okay, hold on. I would love to see that musical. Hot Damn, colon, It's the Loveland Frog. I want to see that. Like, what was that? Like, community theater? Like fringe, when they say fringe, or is that a a when they say fringe musical, are are we talking the fringe festival? Because in Hollywood they had the fringe festival, which was a bunch of like you know theater companies doing these crazy stuff. This is important because I saw some good shit at the fringe festival, man. There was one called the video games. I mean, it's Ohio. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Culture lives everywhere, Ryan. Okay, culture lives everywhere. All right, I'll drop it. Uh, I'm just yeah. saying I would see that musical. I, I, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> Which, although a thrilling prospect, isn't likely to make it to Broadway anytime soon. What? I know. Most importantly of all, for some reason, all official drawings of the Frogman seem to depict him with the most tremendous ass. Okay, so this is actually this is actually true. If you look up anything about the Loveland Frog, for some reason he has a very sculpted butt. The the community of the <laughs> internet, the world has decided this Frogman has got a Frogman's hot tushy. I believe the classic was a badonka donk. I like frog butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> it's apparently a pretty sexy monster, and that's all we're going to say about that. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Frogman. Excellent. You know, it occurred to me that we have, uh, there's the Bunny Man, and we've done the Otter Man, and we have the Frogman, and I just realized- And reala- Charman. And Charman. <laughs> I realized that uh, maybe we are not very creative with naming shit as the, a people. The species sucks. <laughs> we get scared, and we're like, it was the Charman. Yeah, I'm going to see something and be like, oh, it's next week, the Slug Man. <laughs> 
Rob Schneider is a stapler. Rob Schneider is a carrot. Rob Schneider is a gopher. Oh, he's about to find out. <laughs> Fuck you. You'll go see it. Yard for pirates. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, All right, so for those of you who don't know, that is a very old South Park reference when Rob Schneider had that run in the early 2000s where it seemed like he did all kinds of movies. Deuce Bigelow, The Hot Chick, The Animal, etc. And I've since seen an interview with him pretty recent where he commented on that Rob Schneider did and he thought it was hilarious. (laughs) Good. You gotta be a good sport, man. No, you you gotta be. Oh my God. What an honor. South Park's making fun of you. What an honor. I mean, it, it really does depend because sometimes they go hard, but I would like to think it's an honor. If South Park ever makes fun of me, which is, I don't know how likely that is, but if South Park ever makes fun of me, I would be honored. I personally uh, dude, would be. Dude, yeah. that would be the fucking shit. Are you kidding me? I would die. Like, All right, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, we know you're listening. That's yes. right. We're ready to be satired. Come on, us. <laughs> yes, not many people know, but they are huge fans of us as well. Yes. I mean, to be fair, we don't know that that's not true. Nope, it's totally totally feasible. I mean, to be fair, we have listeners in Colorado. I'm we just do. saying. We do. I assume they live in Los Angeles, but they might live in Colorado. They're clearly from Colorado. We're just asking questions. <laughs> Just asking questions. All right, guys. Well, you know, that was uh, that was this week's spooky stuff. Like I said, sticking with the theme of cryptids and monsters. I just, they're a lot of fun, and there's so many of them. Some of them are like local legends like we did today, and others are like common folklore. Like uh, last week we did and the, today was... the Kelpie, which was the uh, water horse from Scotland. And today was pretty soft. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like, like the frogman didn't suffocate anybody's face. Like, that would be, like, the usual trope. It's like, yeah, we saw it. Yeah, and then it suffocated my daughter's <laughs> face and drug her away and Pluck, now, now plucked her out the eyes in be- front of and us. And became a frog person herself and, <laughs> like, right? Because that's, like, usual And now here. there's the haunted frog girl of Lake Michigan. But yeah, this one's just, like... Could have been a frog. Could have been an iguana. What the fuck was that? Like, like, so this is a. Pro- I don't think it was an iguana, man. I don't think that. I'm yeah, bullshit, saying... bullshit. All right, so here's the thing. <laughs> a big iguana is, is is probably pretty freaky, but wouldn't there be a difference between a four foot tall frogman and I mean, I guess they said it was like three foot with the iguana without a tail, but. They get big, but they don't stand up like that. But like, then what about the 1955, uh, you know, report of the salesman? He said he saw three of them. So it's not like there was three tailless iguanas hanging out in 1955. You know what I'm about to say. I don't close the door on nothing. You know, anything could have existed back then. It's been a long effing time since the 1950s. I guess it depends on how much acid all of these people were doing individually. <laughs> that was a thing or was like the wheat fermenting like like it did in Salem, Massachusetts. They say all those people were tripping balls. Uh, you talking about during the witch trials? Yeah, yeah they I've say heard that like theory. most of them were tripping balls yeah. because all of the wheat at that time was poisoned or whatever was fermenting bad. They had a bad fungus outbreak and everyone was tripping on their bread. And <laughs> that be... was like the whole time. That's all they had. Okay, right, right. <laughs> I will say that that is definitely an interesting theory, but that is far from confirmed. <laughs> right, because, I mean, let's face it, go go to the ugly source of humanity. It was over land. It's always over land, but I don't know what that has to do with witch trials. Anyways, 
Uh, so hey, that's it for spooky stuff, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna jump into our next section. Ryan's disclosure discussion. I have to do the da da. To be fair, I was trying to go for the uh, deep voice, but that's what happened. So here we go, Ryan's disclosure discussion. I thought you did that on purpose. I like the change up. You can change it up whenever you want there, Joe. Welcome to Ryan's Disclosure Discussion, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and jump in right here with a report that comes to us from one of our favorite websites, UFOholic. New Pentagon report shared with public. There have been encounters with UFOs that have reportedly left Americans suffering from radiation burns, believe it or not. Along with brain and nervous system damage and even instances of unaccounted for pregnancies, according to a massive database of U.S. government reports recently made public through a Freedom of Information Act request, which causes the documents to come forward. The database of documents includes quite the library from the AATIP, more than 1,500 pages of UFO-related material from the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which is a secretive U.S. Department of Defense program that was not covered in the media or by politicians ran from 2007 to 2012. Even though it was never classified as secret or top secret, the AATIP or ATIP uh, only became known to the public in 2017 when Luis Alessandro. I love this guy. All right. When thank you for because I probably would have struggled on that one. When former program director Luis Elizondo resigned from the Pentagon and released several now infamous videos of an unidentified crap aircraft moving in seemingly impossible ways to the media. Shortly after the ATIP's existence was revealed, the U.S. outpost of the British tabloid The Sun filed a FOIA... Freedom of Information Act request. ...request for any and all documents related to the program. Four years later, on April 5th, 2022... Hold on, hold on. I want to do this like a news guy. I think I failed. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. The U.S. Defense <laughs> Intelligence Agency. Hold on, I'm going to do that. Hold on, hold on. April 5th, 2022. <laughs> motherfucker. The U.S. Motherfucking Defense Intelligence Agency. Yes, that is the official Okay, name. was that better? Yes, I'm just mu- saying. much better. Thank much you. Better. Thank you. Honored the request by releasing more 1,574 pages of material to the sun. Well, it would just burn up. What the fuck? Ah. But yeah, so basically the Freedom of Information Act, they were just given all kinds of stuff from the ATIP program. And the ATIP program, like, you know, like they say, was running from 2007 to 2012. So it's they had a lot of stuff. I mean, this was basically the government's, uh, you know, Project Blue Book of modern times. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, right here it says, uh, according to the Sun. 
Oh my god, it's so hot! Why am I hot all the time? Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> wrong son. According I, I, to You the had sun, to do it once, alright? <laughs> the library of documents included reports on the what became the biological effects of UFO sightings on humans. Studies on advanced technologies such as invisibility cloaks. Yes. We taught we mentioned Hogwarts. <laughs> and plans for deep space exploration and colonization. Some portions of the documents were withheld in part for privacy. Yeah, they're always redacted a and little bit. Confidentiality concerns. Yeah. <laughs> the ATIP told the sun. And the sun was hot. Okay, we're done with the sun jokes, okay? The sun is a paper from from a different country, and it's not a giant star in the sky that keeps me warm and cozy. Okay, Ryan? Goldilocks zone. One standout document from over a decade ago, dated March 2010. The report describes alleged injuries to human observers by anomalous advanced aerospace systems some by which may be a threat to United States interests. Obviously. According to the document. Yeah. The report breaks down 42 cases from medical files and 300 unpublished cases where humans sustained injuries after alleged encounters with anomalous vehicles, which include UFOs. In some cases, humans showed burn injuries, or other conditions related to electromagnetic radiation. The report said, some of them appearing to have been inflicted by energy-related propulsion systems. The report also noted cases of brain damage, nerve damage, heart palpitations, and headaches related to anomalous vehicle encounters. In other words, these UFO sightings weren't just a UFO sightings, they ended up being quite dangerous. But see, all of that makes sense because what is poison to one species might not be to another. What if aliens have no effect on, you know, radiation yeah. does not affect them in the same way it affects us. And it's just, it. we're, we're dealing with otherworldly technology. Even if we weren't dealing with otherworldly technology, people work on nuclear facilities all the time and get radiation poisoning. So... It makes perfect sense that something, a UFO, whether it's aliens or man-made or whatever it is, or, you know, a UAP, either way, it makes sense that because it moves and does the things it does, it obviously has propulsion and systems that we don't understand and might give off radiation. It may, I just, it, it may, that's what this report's really about. They're like, there's a staggering amount of, uh, you know, that. Injuries. People, injuries yeah, yeah, based yeah. on just encounters. Medical... Thank you. For some reason, I drew a blank on the no, word. No, you're good. No, and it's like, and who are we to imagine that they're going to go by, like, I don't know, I'm going to F this up, but, like, you know, like the Star Trek, you know, you know, way of going where they're like, oh, you know, don't interfere, don't, you know, whatever. Okay, who, wait, who's wait, to say it's... that they care, you know? Like, like if this is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. So the prime directive in Star Trek is what Ryan was trying to yes, say. Yes, thank you. The prime directive of Star Trek is basically don't mess with a species that hasn't made it to the point of, I believe, hyperspace travel. Right. Uh, you know, don't interfere with their normal progression of life. So if 
aliens may or may not be doing that. Some people consider that's the reason why they're staying elusive is because it's, they don't want to they don't want to interfere with us. But in Ryan is saying right now, who's to say that that, that they well, don't give a shit? Right? Why why do we always assume ethics when it comes to intelligence? We do. Right, we always do, and 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 well, I get well, it. Well, what, right? what's considered ethical to one species is not going to necessarily can be considered ethical to right. another. Right, right, right. Like, like, oh man, I've got so many things I want to say, but I don't want to go over. Uh, we only got a couple paragraphs left here. All uh, right, jump back in. <laughs> the uh, the report also includes a list of biological effects of UFO sightings on allegedly having on human observers between. 1873, wow, and 1994. Yeah, so a lot of years of reports. Yes, yeah, so this is a thing. Come, and that's the thing. This is real freaking proof compiled by the mutual well, UFO. This is data. This is data. Data, data, yes. Uh, uh, by the mutual UFO network, uh, uh, or known as MUFON, which is MUFON! a civilian nonprofit group that studies reported UFO sightings. You know, my dad was a member of MUFON. I do believe you told me that. Yeah, I have his license and everything. Uh, yeah, I, it's pretty cool. Yeah, unfortunately, he died, so I didn't get. I can't get like cool stories, but I know he was a investigator. Your dad was the shit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Continue. The reported effects of UFO encounters included unaccounted for pregnancy, apparent abduction, paralysis, and experiences of perceived telepathy, teleportation, and levitation. I would like to levitate. How about some bacon with those eggs, huh? Ah. Oh, this journalist is funny. <laughs> the report concludes that there are that there is more than enough evidence to support a hypothesis that some advanced systems are already deployed and opaque to full U.S. understandings. A long-winded way of saying we don't fucking know. Ba-ba-ba-ba-cha. Ba-ba. So, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. So, stay away from UFOs. You might get radiation burns. Or the truth is out there and you need to discover it and maybe have a Geiger counter with you. I, th- I think is I think have a Geiger counter with you if you're going to go alien hunting is a good suggestion at the end of this article. What do you think? I'm ready for my pit boy. Oh, all right, guys. So we have a part two of, you know. Um, Ryan's Disclosure Discussion Part Two. Ta-da. All right. So we're going to go ahead and start this off where me and Joe are going to, we're going to, I haven't watched this yet. Okay. So he's being weird about it. We're watching a Super Bowl commercial. And here's why it's related. Well, this was uh, done by Squarespace. Uh, this is funded by Squarespace because, you know, it's like what? Like not $8 million for this ad that, that we're about to listen to here. And uh, it was directed by Martin Scorsese. Because here at Earthling Entertainment, we care about the entertainment as well as being Earthlings. So, yeah, no, Martin Scorsese, uh, obviously a legend in filmmaking. So check it out. Uh if you want to see the actual video, you have to, you know, look it up yourself on YouTube. It's very easy to find. Yeah, it's like number two. But uh, <laughs> we have, we're going to listen to it, and then we have a discussion about it, and here we go. Yep, uh, so it's called, this is called Hello Down There. The 
Reports of flying saucers are nothing new. These are routine sightings, not isolated events. Are you seeing that? It's spinning. Nice. There's a whole swarm of them. Oh yeah, my like God. The, the go, the, uh, go fast and the, uh, the gimbal. That was the gimbal. Oh, yeah. Yep, there's the go fast. Okay, so there's UFOs flying above the sky, and everyone is paying attention to their phone, and no one is even noticing that there's UFOs. Yep. It's all over the news in the background, and they're all just looking at silly shit on their phones. Cat videos and whatnot. There's a UFO outside of an office building, and no one even cares. Times Square. The aliens are like, what the fuck? They're very perplexed. <laughs> Hello down there! All all the aliens are popping oh, up on they, everybody's screen. Yes, and now everyone looked up. They look up. They had to hack our phones to get our attention. Oh, that hurts. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> oh, there he is. Isn't that Mark, Martin Scorsese? Yeah, that is Martin Scorsese, I believe. So he makes a cameo in his own. Oh. He looks up. He I sees Splice. Broadway. This always happens. Oh, and he just complains about. He just complains about the traffic. Yep, because I told the traffic. You not to take this way. Squarespace. Apparently, that was a very expensive commercial, both in how much they would pay with Super Bowl ads, and and the actual thing. It was fun. It had aliens. It was pretty good graphics. And Martin Scorsese. It seems like he actually put some effort in there. There were some decent shots. I was gonna say that was that was a really cool video, and that's why I, I'm glad that I saved it for right now because uh, I think it's relevant. I really do think it's relevant. Totally. Is there a, is there an article attached? I do. I do. Let me bring it up right now. All right. So I mean, God, Martin Scorsese. I love the guy as a filmmaker, but I will say he has an opinion about popular films. He has been uh, quoted as famously saying, "Marvel is not cinema." That Wait, was him. That was him. But to be oh. to be clear, by definition, Marvel is cinema. But I get what he's saying. Like he he's fed up with the fact that you know he thinks all superhero films are the same, which is an opinion, and he feels like there's no room for uh, other movies. And I do get it because it seems like if a movie isn't two hundred million dollar temple movie with a bunch of special effects, it's not getting the attention it deserves, which is why I was very happy to see No Hard Feelings with uh, Jennifer Lawrence coming out last year, because think about when the last time a big, like a big budget comedy came out. I mean, they're all going to streaming. It's not the climate in theaters. You know, it's, it's always, You're right. it's always the superhero. It's always the, you know, Indiana Jones five. And it's not that I don't like those movies, but I could see why someone like Martin Scorsese gets frustrated. You know, he made a deal with Apple to get exclusive streaming rights, but it was with a theatrical release. This man loves cinema. So this is why it's important to support, you absolutely. know, every, you know, things that you really appreciate that are doing something that you like, not going with just like the general fucking flow of things, right? Like, so it's like, yeah, make sure you support your local artists. I mean, you know, people that you think are like, you know, maybe going to change the industry for something good. Well, it, there, yeah. there are trends, right? Like, there was cowboy movies in Hollywood, there was gangster movies in Hollywood. This is a superhero movie in Hollywood. And it sucks as you get older when you're no longer doing the thing that's in style. You have to realize when Martin Scorsese was in his prime, he was like the fringe filmmaker where everybody's like, ooh, this is great, this is edgy. And now his films are just as good, but not as publicly popular. And it's, you know, so it, it's 
like you said, man, there's there's a time and a place. Yes, know? yes. So the article I found here, and this uh, is about the commercial we just watched. Yes, <laughs> which was the Super Bowl commercial, which just happened. Uh, so uh, I don't know. I figured it was pretty pretty important. Uh, this actually comes to us from FoxBusiness.com. Uh, Don't at, listen or read or watch Fox News. Continue. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, I list, I read a few other reports on the video. <laughs> it's, did, it's all good. Just this dude did a good job. He did a good job. Oh. Uh, shout out to uh, Chris Everhart. Uh, UFOs, once a taboo subject that destroyed careers like Bob Lazar's, after he was essentially forced to hide in exile, will have a commercial during the Super Bowl. So obviously this is the, just a little bit before the grandest of advertising statements. I was close, which costs about seven million per thirty second spot. Seven million for thirty seconds on the Super Bowl. Isn't that crazy. <sighs> you know, Jesus had a commercial. He had a couple commercials. There was this weird one where they had uh ah, we'll talk about it later. Continue. Oh man, I feel like I'm gonna sneeze. Uh, 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 religions should pay taxes. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, uh, well, just so you know, at the end of the uh, at the end of this episode, we are going to talk a little bit more about Super Bowl commercials and trailers. So for now, continue, Ryan. The commercial includes scenes of oblivious humans with their heads buried in their phones. I'm sure that's something different. Sure. While UFOs make an over the top racket and beg for attention with physics defying maneuvers. While real sound bites of congressional hearings and news segments play in the background, in one scene, a but woman no one's paying attention because they're watching cat videos. A woman scrolling through social media flips past legitimized UFO video with the words "proof of extraterrestrials" appearing across the screen, so that she can watch a funny cat video. Like I said, the zombie-like humans frustrate an alien who's looking down from his aircraft, so he pushes a button. That sends a message to every phone and electric screen with a picture and a message, hello down there. The, yeah, to everyone's phone, because that's the only way we can get a, get our yeah, attention. it's the only way. The Martin Scorsese directed Squarespace commercial is a masterful parody that blends real events with humor. I don't consider it humor. I think it's sad. I think it's scary, but it was a little yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. It was a little funny. All right. It was, fu- it was a fun video. Harvard professor... Uh, Avi Loeb, a scientist who has been called the UFO hunter, told Fox News Digital he loved the ad. I resonated with its message, and most people focused on past knowledge and their daily routines rather than seek new data, he said in an email. Uh, Loeb elaborated. <laughs> how they get a hold of, thing, get a hold of that email, man? That's They're, the best thing like, to get. Dude, please just give us a quote. Yeah, it was like fine. It took five it was minutes sweet. to email them. It, right. was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah. <laughs> like, Loeb elaborated on his thoughts in an essay he wrote on the medium, uh, saying, New scientific knowledge does not fall into our lap without a dedicated effort and a major investment of funds. The image that the woman scrolls past to watch a cat feverishly unroll a full toilet paper roll is the official Navy video of a UFO called the Gimbal. Yeah, I called it. Yeah, you did say, like, during, yeah, well done. Which was recorded by a Navy fighter jet in 2015 from the nuclear aircraft carrier USS Theodore Roosevelt near the coast of Florida. It was first released by investigative journalist Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp, our homies. Ryan's favorite investigation reporter. I love those two. And George Knapp. I like George Knapp. But I he needs to stop reading the comments. 
half the time all he's doing is complaining about naysayers. Like, dude, just just keep going. Stop read. Don't read the comments. Uh, two pivotal figures who helped set up a bipartisan congressional hearing over the summer. Uh, what you're seeing is normalizing the conversation of UFOs and how pop culture is embracing the reality of UFOs, Corbell told Fox News Digital. Uh, you know, that is always a thing. There's a book called Armada, and it is by Ernest Klein. It was his second book after Ready Player One, which I'm sure you've heard of. Everyone's heard of Ready Player One. I still need to watch that. Uh, well, the movie is very different than the book. I would suggest reading the book, but that's the same old story of most books, movies, adaptations. But anyways, wait, hold on. With the exception of The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, that was a pretty fateful adaptation. Back to what I was saying. So the book Armada plays with that idea. They uh, hypothesize in that book, and it turns out to be real, that the government funded things like Star Wars and video games and all this stuff to normalize aliens in the public because they found out about aliens like early on and they were trying to lessen the blow to humanity. So that is that is always a fun thing. So maybe that is what's happening now. I don't know, Ryan. Or it's a government conspiracy and they made it all up just to make a lie and make us all feel like we have to depend on them because the aliens are all fake and all the UFOs are actually government drones and stuff like that. that they're going to tell us all that it's an alien invasion so that they allow them to have military rule. I really hate that theory. That's what they did in the final season of the X-Files. And it's like they brought it back, right? Like it came back for a four or five episode thing and it was great. And they left it on a cliffhanger and then they came back for a season, I think it was 11. And they just completely changed the mythology of the whole show by being like, yep, it wasn't really alien. Can I blow your mind? Never seen one episode of X-Files. Not one. Well, guys, next week we'll be introducing our new host. <laughs> <laughs> All right, continue, Ryan. <laughs> I guess while I can, it's a simple hit a sign that the public wants to know the truth about UFOs, says Corbell. It used to be if you talked about UFOs, you were banished. Now you're foolish if you're not talking about UFOs. As the commercial moves through the different scenes, actual recordings of congressional hearings play in the background, including sound bites from a House hearing from last summer. That's where whistleblower David Grush, we talked about him here a few episodes ago, testified about recovered biologics of non-humans from alleged UFO crash sites. Yeah, yeah, the juicy kind, not the robot kind, not the sentient AI kind, no, the biological entity kind. Correct. And the threats to his life coming after coming forward with the claims of the secret government-ran program to reverse engineer the downcrafts, which is a regular topic here on Earthling Entertainment. Yup. And David Fravor a decorated retired commanding officer of the Navy's Black Aces Squadron, testified about his 2004 aerial engagement with the Tic Tac UFO. I love the Tic Tac. Named after its per peculiar shape. He described the ob object's physics-defying maneuvers and its lack of propulsion systems and control surfaces such as wings or engines. It was far superior to anything we had at the time have today or are looking to develop in the next 10 years plus Fraser yeah. said all right so the tic tac and that's a real dude like that's a dude who flies you know earthling entertainment 
headlines. A new Karate Kid movie. Cobra Kai is coming to an end. Hold on. I love the fact there's a new Karate Kid movie. And here, check this out. You know what they're doing? Karate Kid obviously had the Karate Kid, the Karate Kid Part 2, the Karate Kid Part 3. Then we had the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. And then in 2000, and I don't know, we had a Jackie Chan movie, and it was just called The Karate Kid. So now they're calling this one Karate Kid 6 because they're connecting all the movies. Continue, Ryan. I like it. I like it. All right. You know what? Actually, guys, we're going to show you the video first. Well, we're going to have you listen to it. Ryan, play the video. Hi, everyone. We've got big news. We're starring in a new Karate Kid movie together. That's big news. But we even have bigger news. Bigger than that? We're looking for next Karate Kid. That's right. The global search for the star the of our new film starts karate. right now. I so love let's Jackie wax so much. on, I wax off, him. everybody. You mean? Check it on, check it off. Hang it up. Maybe the new Karate Kid will have to do it all. I'm excited. You excited? I'm very, very excited. Let's do it. Learn more about this new role. Submit your audition video. So, yeah, dude, they sent out that video to be like, you know, a worldwide search for the next Karate Kid where people could submit. How awesome is that? That's that is, pretty dope. That's the best way of casting. All right, continue with the article. I just wanted to play that. So uh, it says uh, Daniel uh, LaRusso's story is not done. Daniel LaRusso is the character from The Karate Kid, to be clear, that Ralph Macchio plays. Continue. Ralph Macchio is returning to the big screen for an all-new The Karate Kid movie. Only this installment will combine generations of big screen entries. Jackie Chan, who joined the series in a 2010 reboot as the kung fu master and mentor Mr. Juan. Mr. Han? I think it's Han, yes. Han. Will... Join him in the Karate Kid film. All that's left is for them to find a new student to teach. Machio and Chan announced a global search to find the next Karate Kid in the movie's announcement video. The video we just watched. It was so moving. Sony Pictures has decided to wax on another movie. Oh! <laughs> in the Karate Kid franchise. You can wax a movie off, but don't wax a movie off. Oh! While the studio is not yet releasing plot details for the film, in a press release, Sony said it will bring Machio and Chan together to continue the mythology of the original franchise. Karate Kid 6, people. It's Ma all connected, Ryan. Uh, we, good. 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 Machio. <laughs> so anyways, in that video, they're looking for the next star, and apparently they found him. You know, they found him in this article. We're going to name him. We got the guy. I, Man, I didn't think you were going to announce that I won it. Oh, I'm sorry, Ryan. I didn't want to steal your thunder. Man, it was supposed to be, I might be in trouble. All right, guys. Ryan Lang, the next Karate Kid. Well, I didn't, oh, man, I didn't want to release it like this, but thank you, guys. All right, let me just jump back into this article, you know, before I get that phone call. I'm in trouble. Uh, Machio and Chan's video also announced a worldwide hunt for a young star. That open call reportedly received 10,000 entries in the first 24 hours. Ryan did it in the first 10 minutes. Dude, you, you got to know your calling, bro, and this is mine. I'm the Karate Kid. But Ben Wang, star of American-born Chinese, 
stood out above the rest. So American Born Chinese was, it unfortunately only lasted one season, but it is a Disney Plus original and apparently was really, really good. But uh, yeah, the star of that, they they tapped him. They, they want him to be the next Karate Kid. Hell you! So good for him, man. His show got canceled, but now he gets the next movie. I'll take it. Go Ben Wang. The Hollywood Reporter shared Wang delivered a standout audition demonstrating his martial arts skills. Jonathan Entwistle will direct with a screenplay from Rob Liber. The next Karate Kid film will come to theaters on December 13th, 2024. That's supposedly the end of this year. I must not take a lot of time to record a Karate Kid movie. I mean, I guess if you already got the script and you got your star... It's not like you have to wait. Marvel has to wait, right, for special effects and stuff. But they're not going to really be as many special effects. They're going to do something stupid like, oh, we had to erase the background and put skyscrapers or something silly to make it look like New York or whatever. But they don't need, like, superpowers and laser beams and explosions and all that stuff. So it's probably pretty cheap at the end of the day to well, like, you got, you got finish ja- the film. You got Jackie involved, and so you know... You know, from what I've read, Jackie, when he's involved, he couldn't be any more helpful with everybody. So, like, no matter what, like, he knows action. He knows stunts. It's going to be a it's going to be a fun watch. Well, did you watch the 2010 Karate Kid? I, I think Jaden Smith. Yes. Uh, yes, yeah. I did. Yeah. Right. I liked that one. I it thought it was pretty good. sweet. He, yeah. like, got, like, shot into, like, the past, didn't he? What? Oh, wait, I'm thinking of a different one. Sorry. No, oh, what oh, the hell uh, are you talking about? This uh, is the Karate Kid. My bad. I'm thinking of a different movie. No, are you I did of the see kid that one. In King Arthur's Court. Yes, that maybe. Kid- no, no, no. It was another one. It was the Forbidden Kingdom. Sorry, my bad. Okay, that was uh, a, that was. Another... To be fair, I will give you that. That also starred Jackie Chan and, and I think and that Chow was a, Fat. Yeah, and that was a sweet movie. But yes, yes, uh, I did see. The Jackie Chan one with with Jaden Smith. I did see that one too, but for some reason <laughs> my brain was went time to... travel. But for the record, Forbidden Kingdom was the shit. Forbidden Kingdom's a good movie. That it's, was the uh, shit. I don't know if it made a lot of money in this country. I'm sure it did better overseas, but I liked it. He was a drunken uh, Jackie Chan was a drunken kung fu master. You know, he did a movie called The Drunken Master. This is not a new role for him, Ryan. <laughs> no, th- I tried watching it. It was honestly incredibly boring for me. No offense to anybody who's into those kind of well, films. Well, it's an but older movie. And yeah, it's, yeah, the old karate films like me. Okay, I know they didn't work for you, but how do you feel about Kung Pao Enter the Fist? Wee, 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 wee. So Kung Pao Enter the <laughs> Fist was done by, I think, Bob Odenkirk. Uh, I could Come be wrong. inside. The long story short, it was a parody where they took a bunch of movies and edited them together and redubbed them and did some awkward special effects and fought a cow with CGI and it made it ridiculous. It's it's funny. Check it out. If you're into that, it's most people can't get past what? What do you say? 10 minutes? A good friend of ours introduced me. How how far do you think most people can get into that? Into uh, Kung 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 Pao and the Fist. Yeah. Most people now, yeah, no ten, no chance. Ten minutes, fifteen no, minutes, what not do you think? Not even, not even. So how long? Like five, five minutes. All right, ten when, minutes max. But but when back when in he the opens day, his mouth and he lifts, opens his tongue and his tongue is a little smiley face and goes woohoo. You know, it's the same guy who did the thumb movies, like Bat you. Thumb that and was gonna, Thumb Tannic. That was going to be my next thing. Was I was introduced to this guy and his work through a, a good friend of ours, Mike Renda. We grew up with. Oh yeah, and he 
you love Thumbtanic, wasn't thumb-tanic. it? Thumbtanic, yes. I hope they. I hope he likes them thick. Like he was like using the term "thick" before it was popular. Yeah. Well, you know what? As in a saucy fat woman. Is that what you're saying? Anyways, mm-hmm. uh, Thumbtanic was about. I don't yep. know. What do you think? Half hour, forty minutes. I don't know if it was like a web series first, but it was just a short, and it was literally thumbs like thumb puppets and uh, a retelling of Titanic and a superimposed eyes and mouth. Like you'd see like in a normal, like weird, uh, what do you call it? Like skin, the annoying orange kind of thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, Oh God, they did. I know thumb Tannic, bat thumb, Franken thumb, mm-hmm. God thumb. Yes. Yeah, I uh, only saw thumb Tannic cause Mike had me watch it. And I, and then I remember my brother and his friends, it was like their friend group that loved Kung Pao Enter the Kung Fist. Kung Pao Enter which the they're Fist. They're a couple years older than us. Not not too big, but it it was more their thing. I feel like... I our... disagree. It came out and I loved it. It came out... I loved it our... too. I, no, you don't understand. This was not an older thing. This came out when we were in high school, bud. I feel like uh, Team America World Police was like more our thing. That was that was more your thing. Dude. I loved Team America World Police. Don't misunderstand. Well, being a dick's not so bad. <laughs> don't don't do Dicks, that quote right pussies now. Pussies and assholes. Yeah, don't do the quote right now. All right. God so, damn it, I wanna. I know. Well, that's it for our first headline. New Karate Kid movie. They're putting it all together. I'm excited. Are you first excited? headline in a couple weeks. It's been a while. Yeah, we're jumping back into doing a little bit of more of the entertainment stuff because I feel like we got a uh not that I don't love our spooky segments, but we got a little bit too too much into that without it there wasn't a good balance. So yeah, we're very trying... spooky. So now we're trying to balance it back with more of the entertainment. All right, guys. So we have another headline for you. Ryan, take it away. Uh, This is an awesome headline. Uh, We just sat and watched it for my first time. Deadpool. And Wolverine. Yes. All right. So they premiered the trailer on the Super Bowl, obviously, uh, and Deadpool and Wolverine. Here we go. It's well, it's no longer known as Deadpool 3. It is officially titled Marvel Studios Deadpool and Wolverine. Which I think is brilliant. Hugh Jackman was adamant that Logan would be his final time playing Wolverine. He surely meant it when he said it. Yeah, everyone does. But we always know that no matter how much a performer might truly believe they are done with a character, people can always change their mind. We always know uh, the... Sorry, we also know comic book superheroes never stay dead for long. Well, yeah, especially in comics. Plus, he said all of that before Disney surprised everyone by buying Fox and its big screen rights to both the X-Men franchise and Ryan Reynolds' Merc with a Mouth. Yeah, because that was the thing. Uh, When Disney bought Fox, they got a hold of so much stuff. They got a hold of the Alien franchise. But you know what? That also sucks because there's a lot of Fox movies that just disappear because they, you know, Disney wants to bury them. But we get good things like Deadpool and all the Fox universe being able to be used as a actual cinematic universe that is adjacent to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My God, all these universes, Ryan. Wasn't there a time where, like, Spider-Man was, like, a Fox thing? Spider-Man was never Fox. Sony has always known the rights, uh, owned the rights to Spider-Man as far as uh, films are concerned. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, it's all been Sony. I like Sony. They, they're they not doing so good with the non-Spider-Man Spider-Man stuff. Like, Venom's all right, but 
I don't hear great things about Madam Web. I have not seen it. Maybe it's great. And uh, Morbius, I personally thought it was okay, but it was nothing to write home about. I did watch Morbius. I didn't think it was too bad. Mm, yeah. But that, I guess that's it, right? Where it's just, it's if it's not spectacular, it's just one of the crowd. Unpopular opinion, I'm a, I'm a Jared Leto fan. I don't have a problem with him. He's going to be in the new Tron. There's going to be Tron 3. It's like Tron Ares, I believe. Cool. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. Anyways, back to Deadpool and Wolverine. That's a big reason that Jackman is back doing something he swore he never would. And we finally got to see him in his iconic role during this year's Super Bowl. Which, Super Bowl. Which aired Marvel Studios' long-awaited first trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine. Well... We at least got to see his shadow. Yeah, it was like the last two seconds of the trailer we see Wolverine's shadow. But, you know, you have the unmistakable three claws. Like the hair and out. shit. Yeah. yeah. And you just get a gling- glimpse of that classic yellow suit. <clears throat> that X-Men original yellow suit, you know what I mean? Huge Jackman. He- you mean huge Jackman? Huge Jackman. Huge Jacked Man, yes. uh seeing deadpool teaming up with the mouse house is almost as good as seeing him teaming up with wolverine as the first ever rated r mcu movie it's not the first yeah it is is it as far as yeah dude uh uh, oh as of recent no ever MCU is Marvel Cinematic Universe, so all oh. the Marvel Disney stuff. We're not talking about the fact that oh. they made a, uh, you know, Punisher movie a few years ago. Uh, I, there's too many goddamn titles. My bad. <laughs> uh, they are officially on the clock. The franchise's only 2024 big screen release and its de facto X-Men Origins Wolverine reunion finally gave fans of both Deadpool and Wolverine the trailer they've been craving during the NFL's championship game. Yeah, yeah, because uh, a lot of people don't know this. X-Men Origins, which was the fourth X-Men movie to come out and it was supposed to be the origin story of Hugh Jackman's Wolverine character, did actually have Wade Wilson in it. Now, granted, he was not Deadpool. They just made him Wade Wilson, and then at the end, they turned him into quote-unquote Deadpool, but it was just kind of a generic monster, and it wasn't actually Deadpool. And Deadpool shot the shit out of him with the time watch at, at the, the end, end of Deadpool too. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. <laughs> and that was basically the beginnings of him begging for this. Well, you know what they're saying is, all right. So at the end of Deadpool two, and you know, spoiler, but it's like been almost fucking eight years or whatever. Uh, he travels through time using a device from the character Cable. And in this new Deadpool trailer, you know, the TVA shows up, which if you don't know, is the Time Variance Authority, I believe. Yeah. And there, it is from the show Loki, if you have not seen Loki on Disney+. Plus, I'm long, so glad I finally watched it. Well, long story short, this is the governing body that controls timelines and time travel. So it looks like Wade may have pissed them off because they show up in this new Deadpool and Wolverine trailer. And I believe it is a result of what happened at the end of Deadpool too because he was fucking with time travel yeah. you don't mess with time travel yes <laughs> and it reminds me of like the rick and morty testicle creatures exactly that's yeah, what i just yeah. did eric yep. andre played yep. that character yep yep 
All right, please. I'm con- uncertain. <laughs> please continue, sir. Uh, it opens with Wade in his silly wig celebrating his birthday with both the still alive members of the Task Force X and his loved ones. X-Force. But his entire world and cinematic universe is upended by the arrival of, as Joe said, TVA agents. The TVA. They officially bring the Merc with a mouth to the MCU, as Joe just stated as well. Because he is Marvel Jesus. (laughs) He's Marvel Jesus. (laughs) From there, he's tasked with being a hero among heroes. He's also among villains, as X-Men's Aaron Stanford shows up as a variant of his character, Pyro. Pyro from X2, which I believe came out in 2002. He was the character who was a classmate of Iceman and Kitty Prime. I'm sorry, that was Rogue. Anyways, they're all friends, and he goes rogue, joins a... He goes rogue, not the rogue, the character, and uh, joins Magneto and becomes I'd go his, rogue. Ho, 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 and becomes the character Pyro, which, as you can imagine, has fire, fire, flamey powers. And as it says here, he's just one of the many Easter eggs from both franchises that pop up in this trailer. Yeah, I actually think there is the 20th Century Fox logo in ruins in the background. It was only vaguely awesome. seen, but like when uh, the scene where Wade is reloading with these cartridges in the air and he catches them in the gun, uh, in the background. Which I, was sweet. Which was really sweet. I In the background, I believe it's like a ruined, like it was, you know, once a statue, but like fallen down, destroyed 20th Century Fox logo, which is just amazingly meta. Uh, jumping in. Uh, sorry, man. No, you're right, dude. You're no, good. Continue. Sorry. Uh, no, I, I, I'm such a like. This is gonna save it. I really think you this think is, this this movie is gonna save the MCU. It's gonna. It's at least gonna help them out. It's definitely gonna bring them back from a lot of recent unfortunate not, circumstances. I don't want to call them failures. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, they haven't been as popular since yeah. Endgame. Let's be honest. But you know, Matthew Vaughn, the director of X Men First Class. But he said that. He actually said, I I quote, this will save the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you're not alone. Dude, I I agree. Uh, That's all prelude to the biggest moment when Wolverine shows in costume. After appearing earlier in the trailer from behind at a table, he finds Wade on the ground where Deadpool asks for help. Instead, he gets antimantium claws. And we get the Deadpool movie we've always wanted. It's so yellow. Back in his yellow leotard. (laughs) Deadpool 3 comes from director and frequent Reynolds collaborator, Sean Levy. Sean Levy. Uh, Bob's Burgers, Wendy, oh my gosh, Malinux, Malinu, and Lizzie Malinu Lodulin are the duo <laughs> behind the script. All right, so the writers of Bob's Burgers are behind the script. Got it. And I can't pronounce their names. We need to see this movie right now. I want you to know, I actually, if you go to uh, Nerdist, this I've cut out so many names. I only made you say two. Thank they, you. They gave you everybody. They're like, Thank and you. this person, and this person, and this person. This one person did wardrobe. And this guy named Gary got him coffee, and it just kept going. Yeah, yep, nope, not necessary for the Ryan report here. Uh, (laughs) Unfortunately, we have to wait. The movie doesn't arrive in, wow, in fucking theaters 
until this summer on July 26. Did you add that? No, uh, it, it had 24. So the original article had F dot, 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 dot. And we all knew what the hell they were saying. So I wrote it in. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Let yeah, us do yeah. this from now on. So, you know, start over. I want to hear that line. Unfortunately, we have to wait. The movie doesn't arrive in fucking theaters until this summer on t- July 26, 2020 fucking four. See, he can get away with it because he's writing about Deadpool and he's probably so happy because he's like, I've never been able to turn in work that had fucking in it. <laughs> Will it? I am finally a writer. Behold my prowess. Will it fucking <laughs> truly mark Jackman's last fucking time playing fucking Wolverine? It fucking wouldn't fucking matter even if it fucking said he fucking would. Okay, Ryan just took advantage of that and said F way too much. <laughs> All right, that's enough fuck, Ryan. Oh, no, okay. that, this is all, that was all in here. But yeah, man, headlines. I love that. And headlines. Uh, you know what else was at the uh, the bunch of movie trailers was at the uh, obviously the Super Bowl. So how do you feel about Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Ryan? I anybody see that trailer? I feel like uh, the first movie of this with uh, what's his name? What are you uh, talking about, Jay, uh, James Franco? James Franco was in. Uh, I believe it was Dawn. Dawn, yeah, Dawn, or yeah. Rise. No, it was Rise, the Planet of the Apes. So the first one in the new trilogy. Now, so, Ryan, you know originally there was five films, and that was in the 60s through the 70s. Yes. Yes. Okay, so the the trilogy that... I saw the first one. Yeah, fair enough. So the trilogy with James Franco came out in the mid-2000s, and it was Rise, the Planet of the Apes, then Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, then War of the Planet of the Apes. And I feel like the first one came out kind of pre- Internet time. So it was I 2011. Re- so I remember, like, kind of like word of mouth of everybody. Everyone's kind of like, meh. Like, I loved it. The James Franco one. I liked it too, but, but I felt like it was very meh. And it was the beginning of the story. And it's kind of like Batman Begins, where, like, you always kind of hear that everybody feels like that's like the meh. But once again, it's the origin story. It's the beginning, right? Yeah, you, you hang out with a lot of negative people because Apparently. I don't remember anyone saying meh. Oh, I I don't know. That was the general consensus. You're right. I must. I will say out of that uh, trilogy, my favorite was Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, the second one. That one was wonderful. I like that. Uh, I like the next one as well. uh, Where like, dude, they were great films. They were. Well, anyways, this new one, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, is going to be the beginning of a new trilogy. And this first trailer, it, it gives you a lot. So it takes place 200 years after War of the Planet of the Apes. So the all of our original characters' story is over. Caesar, spoiler, his story is over. Now we are going into what is the era closer to the original film, where apes actually have a running functional society and humans are essentially being uh you know raised as cattle which was the whole thing in the original and i'm excited because you know what we're gonna get we're gonna get a monkey kingdom we're gonna get uh, apes on horses we're gonna get i believe they're bringing the character of nova into this so nova in the original plan of the apes was the love interest to charlton heston and uh was in the first two films it seems like they're going to reimagine her again because i know she was in the last one as a as a young girl but i think they're just trying to play with the tradition of this being a name because i think they're going to do it again with the because you even see 
in the trailer, she's running and there's a chimpanzee and a gorilla chasing this girl and the girl ju- runs across a log and jumps and the chimpanzee grabs her arm and throws her on the back of the horse. I mean, it it is epic. I am I'm I'm all there for it. Sorry to talk so much, Ryan. No, you're fine. And and you'd imagine that enough time has passed that now this is where they're shocked to see intelligence in humans. I don't think we're going to get that. I think we're going to get the pretty dumb humans. But I'm sure they're, but like I said, at this point, they're used to that. So this is going to be the one where they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. I don't <laughs> know, man. I, I, I'm I, just, I'm there for it. I'm sorry. I, I just, whew. Well, and just like he said, he's like, humans used to be able to fly in the sky. They used to be able to talk across oceans. Oh, yeah. What a great, like, narration from it was the, cool. the king monkey character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, excuse me, the king ape character. And uh, I liked his uh, I liked his crown. It reminded me of Sauron. Yeah, the, the, the spikes, yeah. the straight long yeah, spikes. Yeah, it looks pretty sweet. Uh, it looks really cool. But, but no, yeah, I'm he's... here for it, dude. That that looked good. No, it, it's cool to see uh, g- good shit being shown at, at like, the Super Bowl. Right, not just freaking cars. It always just seems to be foreign cars. Car commercials. Yeah. So, so. Well, you know what? There was a there was this really funny commercial. You know what? I don't want to say that. Might be a little devices. We're going to go back to the final trailer that we're going to talk about today because there's there is a few. Okay, so I'll give you the list. The trailers that apparently came out were Deadpool and Wolverine, which we talked about, uh, Wicked, which is the prequel to The Wizard of Oz. As you guys probably know, it was a big Broadway hit. Um, I'm not actually excited for this film for the simple Me. reason. This is Wicked Part 1. They, for whatever reason, split it up into two parts, and that is. Just, uh, <coughs> I just never cared for the Wizard of Oz, Wizard of Oz universe. I mean, myself. they have the original books. They have like you know twelve, and there's different writers, and there's some really good stuff in there. But I do agree, Wicked didn't do it for me. I, I might give it a chance, but I'm not running out to the theater. Uh, then we have Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, which we just talked about. We have Despicable Me Four. A fight. Oh, yeah. So the minions and Gru, uh, they're never going to die. Getting about. Yeah. So, I mean, we didn't actually get a chance to watch this trailer, but it's it's a kid's movie. It's popular characters. I, I'm sure it'll be just as good as the other ones. I'm all for it. What about you? Banana. Banana. All right. And then uh, after Despicable Me, Despicable Me 4, we have Twisters, the sequel to 1997's Helen Hunt film Twister. And uh, who else was in that? Um, I forget his name. Oh, God. Uh, game over, man. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, Bill Paxton. Thank you. Anyways, uh, well, the first thing that struck me about this trailer is as much as I love... Okay, so the special effects look good. It looks like the same movie, essentially, and I don't see any relation to the first one. Like, I don't see any characters that are from the first one. It's just the same concept. It seems like it could be a just a reboot, but they say it's a sequel. I don't know how it's connected. I mean, Bill Paxton, unfortunately, has passed. I checked on IMDb, and Helen Hunt, unless it's uh, unless it's like passed, a camp. The funny guy. What are you talking about? The, the Philip Seymour Hoffman? With the blonde Yeah, hair. Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, he's dead, unfortunately. And uh, Helen Hunt, like I said, unless it's going to be a secret cameo or something, that she's right now not on IMDb. So she is not in the movie. So I don't know how this could possibly be a sequel, but they say it's a sequel. Did you like the trailer? I love the trailer. It's a lot better than I thought it was going to be. And I mean, what I say, like, I loved it. Like that actually looked like, okay, I want to see this now. 
because I don't know. When I just thought about it, uh, I don't know. Because the old movie, it, it it really does not hold to time. Like when you look at it the, now, the effects and the stuff effects don't, they don't so hold bad. up for They're you. They're so bad, and <laughs> it's basically. I mean, the fun cow. And there's some, cow. And there is funny dialogue with like you know those two and their divorce and stuff like that. It's a little home here, but other than that, it like like uh, I don't know. So I wasn't sure when I heard about this. After seeing the trailer, I'm like, okay, you know, I could see they're actually like looking at it from a modern aspect. It's not like a continuation of the last story at all. It really is just, in my opinion, it looks like it's just people who do the same thing. They chase. It seems like it's just an updated. They version. just chase twisters in a modern time. It's a sequel because they probably just tossed the idea around and they didn't want to look like a reboot. They would rather look like a sequel than a, a sequel, reboot. A sequel, I think, is better than a reboot. Yeah. I, I Personally, it's just, yeah. why just keep redoing the same thing? And I, uh, you know, it might fall into some trap. Like, legacy sequels tend to fall into the trap of being too focused on nostalgia. Well, I watched this trailer, and like I said, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any character or any connection to the first one. So maybe, maybe that'll make a better movie. A sequel gives you the opportunity to completely change it. Like however you want, as long as you continue the concept. Yeah, like look said, at Highlander yeah. too, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, 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 uh, look at all the tremors. They did one in the Arctic. You know, like they, you know, they do. They did one in Africa. They there you did go. one on an island. There you go. They're I like the poke love tremors. They're like the Pokemon of monsters. Like I love it. Okay, but yeah, fair enough. Pokemon takes place in different points in the world. Yes, I get in that. each generation. Yes, I get it. All right, so after Twisters, we have a film called Monkey Man, which unfortunately I did not watch the trailer yet, but everyone online seems to be thinking it's uh, uh, it looks pretty fun. I know nothing about this. We have after that Kung Fu Panda Four. Uh, I don't know, man. I didn't feel like I got the magic from the first three, and I feel like we're missing a lot of characters. I uh, there's so many actors from the original, like his crew, and uh, correct me if I'm Ooh, wrong. Really? They, they didn't all die, right? No. I just didn't see a lot of like other no. people. The only people who died was the the turtle, the tortoise. Spoilers. Yeah. Dead tortoise. If you are a Weak tortoise way? lover. Weakway. Weakway. Yeah. I think it was his name. But yeah, yeah, like like that was like the only major characters I think that were good that died. Everybody else was good. Well, I just uh, I don't know. I didn't see. I didn't. It didn't. My kids liked it didn't it. feel like the same the same franchise to me, and that's just mm. me personally. And then finally, we have. The Fall Guy, which is based on a TV show of a guy who is a stuntman in Hollywood. It is starring Ryan Gosling, and it looks pretty fun. I I, I like the Jump Girl myself. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Not the Fall Guy, you like the Jump yeah, Girl? Yeah, the Jump Girl, yeah, yeah. I thought... I should have gotten I liked, a little bit more spotlight, but uh, the Fall I like Guy the, did good. I, I like know? the slide elderly. Well, the, yes. You know, yeah, the yeah. camera was pointed down, and that's what we get. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it, it's good. I'm sure it's fine. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> All right. Excellent. <laughs> so, guys, that'll be it for this week's episode of Earth League Entertainment. This was a good one. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, just a reminder, please hit download those episodes. Honestly, you, you could... You could delete them a little bit after. I don't care. You don't have to keep them downloaded, but download them that first time because if you do that, our algorithm will like suggest us to other like-minded podcasts and our our community grows and all that nonsense. You know how it goes. Yeah. You know how this goes. You do this too. Come on. Yes. You know we listen to your podcast. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, got any final words, Ryan? 
Uh, I honestly, all I got to say is may the forest be with you all. And uh, thank you for listening. And uh, message us, please. If uh, there's any any kind of local lore that you've heard of that you think is sweet that you want us to cover, we'd love to. So hit us up. Yeah, uh, hit, hit us up. Is Facebook probably is probably the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you don't have Facebook, you can email us and we will respond. Just it won't be very quickly. What's that email, Ryan? It is Earthling Entertainment, the full thing, at gmail.com all right earthling entertainment at gmail.com all right if you are in the detroit area shop at green brain comics on michigan avenue we are not sponsored by them we just in love them dearborn michigan they all right green brain comics if they don't got it they can order it for you quickly excellent have a good one bye-bye and like always see ya see ya No, yeah, totally, yeah. I want to talk more about the Tic Tac. So the Tic Tac is called that because it looks like a Tic Tac, which makes sense. It's brand recognition. You think of a Tic Tac, you know what it is. But what if it was, like, brown and had, like, ridges and then, like, kind of was like a, a, a saucer, but it was more like an upside-down cone, and, and they call it the Hershey Cup. I'm just saying, like, it could have been anything. It, it could have been. been it no. could have been the shoe. I mean, we had the chandelier U, uh, UAP. The, 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 the circle squid. and the cube. The yeah. Weird, yeah. Like, I'm, there's so many weird ones. We're going to run out. We're going to have to start recycling. Just be like, all right, this is the chandelier two. <laughs> okay. All right. I thought it would land.